everyone this is Sefasi 11.9 FM and you're listening to the scoop with me Prerna Subramanian today i'm here with Jane Mao and we're going to talk about the gender affirmation assistance project that Jane is spearheading Jane i would love for you to introduce yourself to our Sefasi audience hello my name is Jane like Prerna said um i am starting my first year of my masters of education i also did my undergrad here at queens in psychology and then i also did um my sexual and gender diversity certificate here thanks for having me thank you thanks so much and i'm so happy uh, that you're talking about this project and that this project exists so like just to start off like gender affirmation is a complex pro- process and it's it includes many things and um in terms of having a project just around it i wanted to know what is the scope like uh, what all does it cover what does it uh, like achieve to sort of help people with assist people with yeah yeah so um well i decided to create this project because i know firsthand just how important community building is and decreasing institutional and financial barriers is to the well-being of my community um so i teamed up with a bunch of really rad people and we built this project to hope to reduce and eliminate some of the issues when accessing gender affirming care by offering peer support but also like connecting people to resources and also building like a a pay what you can system to reduce financial barriers when accessing gender affirming apparel and services so like for the scope we have apparel like binders trans tape breast forms a whole bunch of other like clothing items that can be significantly um reduced in pricing to help individuals reduce gender displeasure and dysphoria and we also have like um services available to help people work through um their name and gender marker changes on IDs um That's we amazing. now have like ongoing programs as well that like help um like we have like a uh, little injection kits like for folks who um need needles for like uh estrogen testosterone things like that yeah oh that that's actually really um uh, but like in terms of the amount of support which you are providing is also very varied and it i i'm guessing it needs a lot of people power like a lot of people uh, doing the groundwork for these things to sort of keep the project running so i was just wondering how are you supported like who's supporting you what are these like you mentioned that you collaborated with some, some radical people like um so i just wanted to know who are the organizations who are funding you supporting you or people individuals like how is how are you getting your uh, pe- uh like people to work for this yeah yeah mm. so um well i started with sam Colon- colony and i um okay. and then now it's like spearheaded by me and jana um and we have a wonderful group of like 10 wonderful 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 organizers that help us like distribute these funds and like distribute these um these like apparel items and like just help in general um we've also collaborated with community groups like in Kingston so Jana and I have like a really large queens presence from like the various clubs that we're part of um but we've collaborated with Hars Kingston and also um addictions mental health services here because we understand that there are so many barriers that gender diverse trans two spirit particularly like queer trans 
Black, Indigenous, people of color like face. So we really want to provide the most holistic support to everyone. And we're able to do that with all of our community collaborators. Yeah, that's that's really that's amazing. And I also wanted to know this because uh, you are yourself a queen student. And, and now that you mentioned that you do have supports from people who you've met through your uh, like experience in different student clubs and societies and student government. I just wanted to know, like, is there is there any other support which is available at Queen's University uh, outside of this project or or uh, is there something which you're building on or is there is there something which needs to be done which gender affirmation assistance project is sort of responding to uh, like simply put like is there anything which Queen's University already does or doesn't do which the project is sort of uh, working with yeah in terms of gender affirmation yeah any resources available in the university yeah well I created this project because I found nothing at Queen's like um, there are no supports available for trans and gender diverse people, much less like racialized trans and gender diverse people. Yeah. Um, when it comes to like, let's just look at the healthcare plan that every single queen student is opted into every part of gender affirmation, whether it's receiving um, gender affirming care, receiving gender affirming apparel, like anything like that. Nothing of that is covered under the current um, like insurance that Queens has bought. Um, so <laughs> we're kind of forced to find this money within like the institution, but also within like the community as well in hopes of like, redistributing it. There's nothing that I really see available that's like well advertised, that is community run, that specifically has the goal to help racialized um, trans folks. Um, there is one like PSAC 901 like initiative that has like a gender affirming like bursary fund. Yeah. But um, when it comes to like the actual like support and like giving resources, like there's a rotation of like counselors that are not necessarily like advertised as like queer friendly, but like Mm -hmm. are are maybe have like one identity that's like kind of advertised but like no one really knows like if they are like a safe resource to go to um Got it. so no like this came out of like sheer necessity it wasn't something that like I necessarily wanted to create but something that like I felt needed to, needed be, to be created yeah and because of the gap in the university itself that's actually really important to know and uh people who are hearing this might also might also like come to know about this that the university talking about thriving and uh, in in the pandemic and through their mental health surveys, uh, they they actually like uh, and like they keep forgetting that they have to do a lot more than actually just like survey us about our problems and go beyond it. And this, yeah. This is one of those things where the equity office itself, like in their report also, also uh, sort of says that, you know, a lot of trans and gender non-conforming folks do not feel at home at Queens at all, not because they've necessarily gone through uh, uh, some violent incident. It does, doesn't need to be, uh, you, there doesn't need to be an event for that. It's just the lack of infrastructure it queens which makes people feel like you know um, that they that they're not supported and i think a project like this sort of 
makes that more clear uh, and now that you're mentioning you also sort of specified racialized trans and gender non-conforming folks and for me that's really that's st struck as important and I also see like I was reading about like your project and the kind of process uh, like the kind of supports that you're providing you know I also see that you have a very specific like um, sort of channel to work with cutie BIPOC folks and I wanted to know uh, like I also want you to tell the audience like how are you sort of help uh, supporting cutie BIPOC folks why is it important to do that in terms of in the larger banner of this project uh, that kind of particular support for cutie BIPOC folks um, yeah just wanted you to throw light on that yeah yeah um, so like on like a more like micro level every single request that comes in we ask for the person's um, identity like racial identity so that we compare like a racialized trans folk person to um, a racialized uh, gap organizer because we understand like there's a very, very specific intersectional like experience that they have and how like sensitive we need to come at it. Um, so like that's like on a micro level, but like the more larger things that we're doing is that 25% um, of our working budget is set aside to meet the needs specifically for BIPOC. And that is also, again, because we acknowledge that like racialized trans folks and like two-spirit folks are often more likely to experience financial hardship. Okay. Um, and then on top of that, like we haven't launched this yet, but we are working on having a QT BIPOC um bursary fund available for like it is for like gender affirming like care just financial care in general but um yeah like this isn't we, we're just trying to redistribute funds like the best way possible and uh people care how they care for themselves and we don't question that so hopefully um that, that's going to launch soon um and hopefully that's going to help a, a lot of people yeah th that sounds amazing and in terms of like the process of application uh, I, I when when you were saying like uh, you you do not question people's uh, I, uh, application requests and and that's interesting to me because when uh, pe people at PSAC 901 when a lot of us were deciding to have the gender affirmation fund one of the most important things uh, which uh, uh, we were discussing was people uh, anticipate uh, uh, need and they do not have like they do not even have the money to actually go about certain processes without having the money so does your process of application allow for that like people people who are anticipating certain certain expenses and they can apply like just generally what is the process of application like if people are uh, have not really spent money but they anticipate and the, can they apply can they apply for this this, this sort of sort of care or fund or uh, and why is that important because um, I generally when when we are framing such bursaries or funds I have I, in my experience it's been like people ask for financial receipts and a lot of proof of expense which is not easily available in these scenarios so how are you sort of circumventing that yeah so yeah like I I think it's so carceral to ask someone for a receipt on how they like 
access care for themselves. Like I I have no way of like knowing how you care for yourself. Like if someone needs this, so it's just like going to be a Google form. We're going to ask if they are queer and we're going to ask if they identify as being racialized. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they say yes to both of those, if they have an e-transfer email, we're just going to give them the funds. This is however, like a needs-based bursary. So Mm -hmm. it is specifically to help queer, trans, two-spirit, non-binary, gender diverse, Black, Indigenous people of color. Like, it's not for, um, like, people who have a lot of, like, financial privilege. Like, this is specifically for folks in financial need. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, I don't know how, like, I can't dictate how someone cares for themselves. So say, like, if they want to use this money that we give them to pay for like their Wi-Fi bill for the month, because like, that's how they access like gender affirming care, like is through the internet with like friends and like through like virtual community. Great. Wonderful. And like, I think that's like that there's, there's no way for me to like criticize how they do that. Um, it's just the only thing that like is a requirement on our end is for the person to be QT BIPOC. Mm -hmm. the person to actually have like financial need based on like their own analysis of like what financial need is and that it's like on a first come first base first come first serve basis that's it like that's it on our part yeah that's actually really like important I really wanted to bring this up because uh in terms of a lot of university initiatives and the fact that you mentioned that there was a lack which sort of led you to make this project whenever uh sort of uh, an institution like 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 a university sort of initiates such funds their first thing is to sort of you know collect wounds right like mm-hmm. uh, uh, in terms of uh, show your receipts show you actually need mm-hmm. uh, need this help and and it's so tough in terms of uh, gender affirmation especially like uh, in this kind of um, care uh, which 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 is anticipated which is which is accessed in different ways, and and I'm glad that your application process sort of does not uh, does not follow those punitive mechanisms which you are very used to, which are very bureaucratic, um, and sort of also reduce access, right? Like people sort of become like uh, they do not have the incentive to apply when when people when there's so much proof that you have to provide that you actually do need care. Wow. So I think this is this is sort of like this model of application is is good to replicate if anyone who is listening uh, to this and wants to do sort this kind of work at their own end that um, you know not everyone has receipts <laughs> when they need yeah. care and the fact that they need care is proof enough that they might not have any expense <laughs> or like something that they have already spent on and then they they just like reimburse and so like this i also wanted to like that's what i wanted to know like, know that um a lot of these funds and bursaries, even within the university, like uh, which are not gender affirmation related, but they're just generally assistance uh, related. Are a lot of a lot of these uh, bursaries follow a reimbursement model, so mm-hmm. that that also sort of privileges people who already have the money, but they just want to like uh, get it back in some form. Um, so I think what you're also saying and correct me if I'm wrong, is that this is all, this also has this, this is also supporting people who actually do not have the money. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, I, in, in the end, I just wanted to know, like, um, 
i i might be repeating myself but i think it's, it 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 deserves repetition is that this is the amount of this the scope is so uh, vast and obviously necessarily so i'm just wondering if there are any other supports that you do need and you're still waiting on for or uh, how can we help you at cfrc or how can how can other people help you in terms of supporting this project making it more financially like stronger so that you can support more people uh, like what what is the what do you anticipate as something that this project needs to keep it running uh, yeah yeah um well we have wonderful wonderful people that we're working with so um like for the bursary for example like we're working with the Lavana Gender Advocacy Center and they're absolutely phenomenal and like also have the practice that we do but we also can't just rely on Lavana for funding um so I like there are three avenues that folks can help um if folks have financial capacity please donate via e-transfer to lavanacenter at gmail.com so that is spelled l-e-v a-N-A center at gmail.com and all you need to do is write in the little like note section for gap um we also have like our social medias gender affirming assistance on like facebook and instagram so like sharing that would be wonderful and then finally like if you don't want to do that but you have like a bunch of like clothes lying around or like gently used binders breast forms etc our location at HARS is accepting donations. Um, so it's like Monday to Thursday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. And then again, they just have a lunch. So like it starts again at like 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Um, if you have items to donate, access the side door. Um, the building is at 844 Princess. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Jane. I mean, uh, I think uh, this conversation was necessary in terms of uh, not only because this this project is doing great work, but because Queens right now is going through a lot of uh, like as usual going through like uh, a lot of backlash for what happened at homecoming and um, generally uh, graduate students who are in bargaining through the through PSCC 901 are also fighting. Uh, the stonewalling of queens when it comes to asking for like uh, some demands which actually support gender affirmation and uh, just generally like the the climate at queens is not very affirming i would say for uh, uh, a lot of racialized uh, and especially uh, folks who are gender uh, variant and ge uh, gender non-conforming so this kind of project sort of does two things um, first is to actually like help people and support people and second sort of amplify the lack uh, of support which should come from the university so on that note i would uh, like i would end this podcast but thanks thanks jane for coming yeah thank you so much for having me so that was jane mao from the gender affirmation assistance project they are easily available on instagram where you can find tons of information about this project and also links to their application form now for some campus news. A student has alleged mistreatment by campus security. The student was at Stoffer where he was policed for not wearing a mask momentarily. Queen's Hillel has alleged expression of anti-Semitic beliefs in an AMS-hosted event where Erica Hart spoke of decolonial practices. Queen's University Muslim Students Association is advocating to preserve prayer spaces around campus. The Musalla, currently located in Jadak Room, 232 is a dedicated Muslim prayer space. Hania Kaud, Kumsa president and RC 2022, is currently leading the charge to preserve it. 
So that is it for the scoop with me, Prerna Ramanian, and stay tuned for this. Just in at CFRC one one point nine FM.